become the person that you would want to fuck. Whatever it is, your ideal person that you would want to be in bed with, become that person yourself. I went to therapy yesterday and we talked about the fact that I might be a love avoidant, which is weird because I am the host of a podcast called The Love Drive. We talk about sexuality and intimacy and how to make it less weird. And the host might have some intimacy issues, which I guess if you think about it is not a huge surprise. You know, it's like that that thing of the cobbler having shitty shoes. Uh, Sean has intimacy issues. Okay. Okay, I can deal with this. So I've been thinking about these intimacy issues and these blocks because I want partnership, but I've totally been single for a long time. And someone actually on Instagram uh, said that I was maybe not relationship focused. And I hadn't really thought about that, but I think they're right. I just had a birthday. I'm 36 years old. And I've been thinking about the fact that I, while I've been single for a while, I, I do want a girlfriend. But at the same time, I have this unrealistic expectation of the qualities that my partner is going to have. And the list is long. And so when I meet somebody, I automatically check them off against the list. And if, if they don't meet the requirements, then I don't even, I don't even consider going on a date with them, which is very limiting. This is a very limiting way of being in the world. And so this week, what's really cool about this episode is as I started editing this episode, I realized that I asked my guest at some point during the interview if she could help me with this block because Sarah Rose is a sexual empowerment coach. And she has several programs. One of them is called Sex Stallion for Men, and one of them is called Path to Pleasures for Women. So we're going to talk about what men can do to be better lovers. We're going to talk about what you can do to increase your chances of meeting that ideal partner. And Sarah shares with us this concept that I absolutely adore that is really, really effective at sort of attracting the type of person that you want to be with. And the more I think about it, the more I realize that it's very common for people to want to hold out for their sort of fairy tale, romantic movie, love of their life. This is actually a very common fantasy. And I've been hearing from you all that either some of you can relate to this, you, you are also waiting for that special soulmate, or some of you actually settled earlier and feel like you settled and now you're 10 years down the road and you have kids and you realize, fuck, did I settle too soon? Is this not the person? Is this person not meeting my needs? Did I sort of jump the gun? And it's interesting because I feel like I'm a bit of a perfectionist in my life. And so I feel like I'm looking for the perfect partner, which we know doesn't exist. But at the same time, this is a fairly common phenomenon. And mathematicians even came up with a solution called, uh, the, well, it's actually a problem. It's called the picky suitor problem or the secretary problem. And so it's so common that, that mathematicians tried to solve this dilemma. In any case, I'm not alone. You're not alone. We're all just looking for love and God damn it, is it ever lonely sometimes? And that's okay. My name is Sean Galanos, and this is The Love Drive.
I'm Sarah Rose, and I'm a sexual empowerment coach. I also have two online courses, The Path of Pleasure for Women and Sex Stallion Training for Men, and I do in-person courses in Austin, Texas. I'm excited about Sex Stallion. We will <laughs> get to Sex Stallion at, at some point in the interview, uh, but first, I want to know, what is sexual empowerment coaching Sexual empowerment coaching, according to Sarah Rose, <laughs> is helping people move through anything that's holding them back from really being the vibrant sexual selves that they are. So many people have sexual trauma, they have sexual conditioning or limiting belief systems that keeps them from really being able to experience pleasure in sexuality. And so I help people move through all of that and really be able to experience the, the just the vibrancy that our sexuality gives us in our everyday lives and to be able to channel it into different parts of our lives. So we can have a lot of sexual energy and feel you're really frustrated if it's not going somewhere, we're not getting, you know, the sex that we want, relationship that we want. But there's so many other areas of our lives that we can channel the sexual energy into. So for me, my business, like I'm always channeling the sexual energy into my business. I wake up every single morning completely inspired, like, what am I going to create today? What am I going to write today? You know, and it just comes to me. I really don't even have to ask. It's just like, okay, this is it. And it just flows out because that sexual energy is flowing in me. I have a friend who just met this model on Instagram, went on a date with with her. He doesn't live where she lives, and so he's a little frustrated uh, that she lives across the country. And I and I told him just use that energy elsewhere, use it in your dating life, use it to meet people, use it in your business. It's totally possible to use that energy in a constructive way rather than feeling frustrated or like stuck in wanting just that one outlet. Yeah, absolutely agree. And I would say I did three months of celibacy and it really sucked. <laughs> you know, okay, I'm going to be honest with you a little bit here. Three months uh, for some people is a lot. It sounds like you have an active sex life or have had an active se sex life. I am the same way. And so for me, three months is kind of a big deal. For other people, though, like three months is like... They're, they're not even trying. I mean, they're trying to get laid and they're not getting laid in three months, you know, so it could be a, like not even that long of a time because they've been celibate for years yeah. wanting to connect. So what do we, how do we help those people? Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of compassion that's really challenging to, to not be in relationship intimacy for that long. There are a couple of things that we can do and what I always encourage people is to become the person that you would want to fuck. So like whatever it is, your ideal person that you would want to be in bed with, become that person yourself. And that way you're going to naturally be drawing in those type of people. And there's a lot of people out there that, you know, they really have, they have a desire for a certain image in another person, but it doesn't, it's not a mirror of who they are. And so we're going to naturally attract our own, the vibration that we're on. And so just being, focusing on that, focusing on self-pleasure practices is really important. It's a great time when you're not with somebody to really develop healthy self-pleasure practices. 
because that's going to translate into intimacy with another person. I like that you were saying that if if you want a specific type of partner, then then try to be that partner. And I've been sober for over ten years now. I just I just celebrated ten years of sobriety. And one of the concepts in AA that they talk about is this this concept of a sexual ideal. And so they go, okay. Uh, write down a list of all the things that you want your future ideal partner to have. And so you write this big, huge fucking list, right? And it's got everything. She's athletic. She likes to camp. She can shoot guns. She drives a pickup. She drives stick. She is smart. She makes money. She does all this. And it's like, you're building this, you know, total fantasy person. And then the, the, your sponsor at, at the end goes, Oh yeah, this is great. And then flips it around and says, okay, this, these are all the things that you should be focusing on if you want to attract that kind of partner. Because for the most part, having all those qualities is attractive and magnetic. And if you don't take care of yourself, if you don't eat well, if you don't exercise, it's unrealistic to expect that you would date like a CrossFit babe. For sure. (laughs) And it's the, also, it's just great to have people focus on themselves and on you know, the fact that this is, that love is an inside job. Yeah, definitely. I like that. It is self-love first. All the practices that I work with people on start with self-love. And that's the most important because the relationship that we have with ourselves is the only one we'll have our entire lives. And if that one is not in good shape, then how can any of the rest of our relationships be in good shape? Yeah, if I can show up for me, I can certainly not show up for you. Definitely. Okay. You want to get personal? Go for it. Okay. So you're a coach. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take this opportunity to <laughs> use your services. Okay. So I think I have a fear of intimacy, uh-huh. which is weird because of the vocation that I'm in and the work that I do. Um, my I want people to have more intimacy and more sexuality in their life. So whatever that means, I'm a, I'm pro intimacy. And I think that I have some fears of being close to people when I already think or know that it's not going to work. So for someone who has had a lot of sex in the last several years, I haven't had a lot of sex and I feel a little bit, I, I just learned this term recently touch starved because I'm hesitant to start anything with someone that I know isn't going to work out Mm -hmm. because I feel I have very high standards for who or what I want my partner to be. Right. So do you have any suggestions on how I can be more intimate with people in the meantime while I wait for this, like, uh, what, uh, what do they call those? Your, uh, twin twin flame soulmate. Yeah. My sacred lover. Sacred lover. Yeah. Yeah, do you have any suggestions for me? So are you wanting to wanting suggestions on how to be intimate without sexuality or with sexuality? Oh. I think I would like to have some sex, even though it's not with my twin flame. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because there's a lot of ways that you can connect with people that isn't necessarily sexual. And I definitely always recommend those things like I do jujitsu and I love that. Uh, I enjoy doing acro yoga, contact improv, dancing, things like that are great. Uh, But then it's personal preference beyond that you know if you're not if you're wanting to have sex and 
there's plenty of people out there that'll be willing just to hook up. Um, but is that something that's on the table? I mean, it's just, I don't hook hooking up without intimacy or strings is less interesting to me. I've already done a lot of that and it's just, it just is not very fulfilling. Okay. So ultimately I'm wondering if, if I do hook up with somebody, is that kind of maybe, you know how you said focus on the things that you want. Well, that's not really the thing that I want. Mm -hmm. I want, I want a partner, but in the meantime, I feel that I'm, you know, I'm like pretty lonely and I would like to have some, some touch. Okay. Yeah. Are you able to be honest about that with whoever you're with and let them know? You know, that's a tough one. But ultimately, yes, now because I have some practice around it. But it's a tough one to say, I don't think that you're, that there's like maybe a future here, but I would be super down to explore a physical connection with you that might only last for one evening. Mm-hmm. It's a hard thing to say. It's also can be tricky because of the hormones involved in sexuality. I mean, anytime you have sex with somebody, anytime, especially if you're orgasming with them, you're going to start having these connective hormones. You know, the oxytocin kicks in and people start to fall in love. And then many times we end up in relationships because we fucked our way into the relationship, basically. And so that that's definitely a challenge um, in my life personally. Like I'm very clear and honest with myself because I do like to fall in love. I like to have the sensations of being in love. It feels good. Sex is better when I'm in love. And also what I desire in relationship is very specific and I am going to be very, very disciplined about not being in a relationship unless it is the right one. And so having a lot of introspection around that and really being honest with yourself and, and being willing to walk away is important. If you get to a point of, okay, I, this is turning into a relationship and there's no going back. The other person wants this, or I'm starting to want this, but I really know that this isn't the relationship for me being willing to walk away. You know, and that's a hard thing to do because I can tell you're a compassionate, loving person and you don't want to hurt somebody. Uh, but you also have to be true to yourself. And if you've been honest with the other person from the beginning, yeah, that's a good thing. I mean, I often won't even, I, I mean, I, I certainly have never accidentally gotten into a relationship because I fucked my way into it because I, I won't let people get that close because I know that I'm not interested. So I'm wondering if the thing that I'm going through is actually an issue or if I'm actually just being considerate of other people's feelings by not engaging in early stages of a relationship or even sleeping with someone because I know that ultimately this isn't, it isn't pro probably isn't going to lead to something. And I'm also curious if maybe I'm I'm shying away from intimacy because I don't know, I'm I'm more open now and so I feel like maybe I'll get hurt or I'll hurt them and I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of in some I'm in a weird space. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for my twin flame. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I, I'm okay waiting. It's just that I feel like there's a block somewhere that I I haven't like figured out yet. 
So in coaching, what we would do, it wouldn't necessarily be so much of a conversation like this because we're talking in this way. It's good to to figure out what your desire is, but we're engaging the cortex only. And so I would lead you through an experience that really would embody and you would be able to feel in your body any blo- where the blocks are and you would be able to talk to that body mind piece, let it express itself, let it show you where it is, what what's blocking, why it's there, how it's trying to serve you, trying to protect you, where it could move into other parts of your body to better serve you so it's not it's not inhibiting your desires in any way. So it'd be a lot more of a body type process than just the talking like we're doing now yeah totally yeah that's the empower that's the empowering piece and the embodying piece Mm -hmm. which is kind of tricky for a lot of people i think it is but it's very effective because if we're just talking you know you can talk in circles all day (laughs) and you may have some some great epiphany of like oh now i get it uh but if it's not backed up by an embodied experience then it's not going to last yeah i mean Asking people to f- feel it in their bodies, it's a tricky thing because I feel that we are very disconnected from our bodies mm-hmm. a lot of times. Sometimes because there's past trauma and we have to be, and other times because we're uncomfortable with having to sit there and tell someone where where does it hurt and and you know, what do you do with that? Right. Yeah. And so that's why all the work that I do with people brings them back and brings them back into their bodies. I give free love advice often. Actually, I brought the signs like sitting over there. I have a little free love advice sign and I'm going to do some in New York while I'm here. I I do it at wherever I go. I've done it in Burning Man, India, New York, San Francisco, airports. I got almost kicked out of an airport recently for doing it. The most challenging question that I get is where, like how do I find my partner? Where is my partner? Where do I find true love? And it stumps me every time. What would you tell them? You are your own true love. <laughs> and I really believe that's true. It's it's really is our our love that we have with ourselves, relationship that we have with ourselves, our the sex that we have with ourselves is so important. And I think it's because I am so strong in all of that within myself that I'm able to have sex with other people. I'm able to have that interaction, that connection, that sexual connection that you're desiring with other people. I'm, I have that on a regular basis and I'm able to fall in love. I'm able to, to really just like have these beautiful experiences with people, but I'm very honest with them about it too. And, and it's, and it's okay. Like I'm able to, I'm able to walk away and it's not like hardcore cold. Like I'm just walking away. I guess with a lot of love and compassion, like, okay, this, this has had, it's, it's this played out and thank you for your time and the love that we've shared. And, um, but I always have me and so, and sometimes it, I mean, it doesn't even have to end or it doesn't have to be me walking away. It can just be a natural evolution. Like, okay, you know, for whatever reason, there's not the same connection anymore. 
But yeah, like the love that we have with ourselves is the most important. It really truly is. I agree. I mean, I, I, I love myself, not in a narcissistic way. Cause I just did an interview with a, 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 a psychiatrist about narcissistic personality disorder. And I took the test. I'm only a 13 out of 40. So, but I can say that I love myself and I love spending time with myself and I don't need to fill it with people just, just to, to fill it with people. Like I want to fill it with the right, the right people. And I also have a dog. So that's my fallback is just like hanging at home with the dog. And that's a great fallback. Maybe I'll just tell people to get a dog. Just get a dog. Get a dog. <laughs> Aren't you looking for a dog? I was looking for a dog, but I think I've changed my mind. What? How could you just flip from one from getting a dog to not getting a dog? <laughs> I'm really busy, and I don't know that I have the time right now to get a puppy and train the puppy and be there for the puppy in the way that I really would want to and need to be there for the puppy. That seems like a very respectful way of looking at it. And it seems like a good decision. <laughs> I think people get dogs when they're totally not ready to get dogs and they don't understand like the responsibility that, yeah. that it entails. And my cat passed in April and it was a very, very traumatic experience. He, uh, he was old. He was 15, um, you know, so it's not unexpected for a 15-year-old cat to die. Uh, but he was so healthy. Like, I literally came out of the blue, and he had uh, lymphoma. And within two weeks, gone. And it was just like, what the fuck? And so I, yeah, I don't think I'm... I'm over it. I, th I thought I was okay. And then a friend of mine asked me to care for her cat last week for two days. And I was like, sure, I was so excited. And then it just all hit me again about my cat. And I was like, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for another animal yet. So <laughs> not ready for an animal, but are you ready and open and accepting applications for a twin flame or a tantric lover or a sacred person in your life? For that, I am, yes. <laughs> Less responsibility, people. Well, <laughs> I don't know. No, actually, the way I look at relationship is when you come into a relationship with somebody, you're creating a new entity. It's a, it's a new being that's being created by two people, this relationship. And it does. It has to be nurtured as if you would nurture a child or else it will die. It's not going to thrive. And so many people really neglect their relationship. But if we looked at it in that way as this is something you've got to care for or it's going to die, then relationships would look a lot better than they do now. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. <laughs> But And also, when you're talking about another human being, like, they're autonomous. You don't need to feed them. You don't need to walk them. Oh, well. <laughs> Depends on the human being. It certainly does. Maybe I've those dated are, a lot of people. <laughs> I know. That's sort of a classic. It's like when you're dating a man-child. Sounds like maybe you've dated a man-child. You've had your experience with them. I think they're all over the place. They are, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you're back in the dating game. I'm back in the dating game. So you're you're for people who who don't know, you're gorgeous, oh, out outrageously gorgeous. I have a sense that you're a very strong woman, uh, both physically and emotionally. Like you're a very powerful being. You're smart, and it seems like you have your shit together. I mean, this is the, I obviously don't know you, so, but it, would that be a fair assessment of some of your qualities? I, I would say that's a fair assessment. How does a man attract a person like you? 
because I think you might be a little intimidating to the average guy. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I don't, I feel like I'm just me, <laughs> but I am looking if I'm going to be in a relationship and I'm open relationship with a woman also. Uh, it doesn't have to be just a man, but I want somebody that does have their shit together. That is also powerful. That is also healthy and that is smart and doing their, their thing in the world. Um, it's also very important to me to have a tantric partner if that is, you know, if I'm in a relationship. And that's really important to me is having that tantric component to it. Um, and there are a lot of people out there that may not have that training right now, but if they're willing to go through it with me, then great. Are they open? Yeah. Are, are they, they open to it? Yeah. I, my, my ideal partner doesn't have to be open. Like doesn't have to be an open relationship has to be open to being open. Yes. <laughs> can we have a, can we talk about it? If it's a no, if it's a, if it's a no, then, then I need to know that right off the bat. Right. I just want people that are willing to talk to me about stuff that might be a little off the rails. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. So basically has to have their shit together. Has to basically be like the male, male or female version, human equivalent of you. To, to a certain degree. Like I said, I don't, same conversation we've been having, I don't ask for anything that I don't also offer. Right. And that's important to me. Yeah. What is this tantric component that you, like you said, you want them to be a ta tantric lover. What does that mean? So tantric sex is amazing. I haven't had a tantric lover in the last couple of years. Um, I had one briefly, but not like a full on tantric relationship. And it's, so it's been a couple of years and it's the sex when you're having tantric sex is so far beyond conventional sex. It's the depth of connection, the depth of intimacy, uh, just the, there's an interesting thing that happens in tantric sex. There's like a melding that happens, but it's also your, you don't completely become one with the other person. It's not like that, but it's, it's both happening at the same time. It's almost like you're becoming one with the other person, but then it's your separate energies also bounce off of each other to magnify the energy. It's a little bit hard to explain. It's something that's really, you feel, <laughs> And there's nothing like it. <laughs> it's just amazing sex. Yeah, sex for hours and hours. And it's incredible. Have you ever like tried to approach somebody or try to start a conversation with them and you ask them how they're doing? You, you would walk up to someone and you would say, hey, how's it going? Or hey, how are you? And they go, good. You? And then you go, good. And that's the end of the conversation because asking somebody how they're doing is not very exciting. Like They're just going to say good. I mean, that's we're conditioned to just say good. People don't for the most part, answer that in any real way. Asking somebody how they're doing is a terrible conversation starter because it just doesn't go anywhere. So I came up with, actually, I didn't come up with it, but some hippie, some power hippie at Harbin Hot Springs years ago 
asked me this one question that made me cringe a little bit until I realized just how powerful the question was. So as a conversation starter, or as a way to save a dying conversation, right? So let's say you're in a situation where there, there is some conversation and then it just sort of ends, which this is terrifying. And usually people go, okay, well, see you later and sort of like wander away. Instead of wandering away and instead of asking someone how they're doing or as soon as you ask them how they're doing and they say good and the conversation sort of stalls, ask them this question. Ask them, what's exciting in your world? Holy shit, the answers that you will get from that question, you can have a conversation for the rest of the evening with just this one question. I use this question all the time with pretty much anybody. And it's like, it's so simple, but it gets people talking about something that they're excited about. And then it's so easy to just keep asking them questions about that one thing because when people are excited, they want to talk. And so I found that this is the best way to create rapport and connection early on in a very sort of super unassuming, non-creepy, really benign way, but that leads to exciting conversation. So use this, try it, let me know how it goes. And if you want two more conversation starters, then head to thelovedrive.com forward slash kickass. That's K-I-C-K-A-S-S, Kilo, India, Charlie, Kilo, Alpha, Sierra, Sierra, thelovedrive.com forward slash kickass to download this free guide, four pages, three kickass conversation starters. What's exciting in your world is one of them. I will also tell you what to do when things go sideways. So there's three conversation starters, how to use them and what happens when they go sideways because they everything can always go sideways. So use these, go download them, they're free. Use them, tell me how it's going. I love to hear from you. The best way to connect with me is either via email, sean at thelovedrive.com or on Instagram at thelovedrive. There's a lot of conversations happening on Instagram for some reason that's where I hang out. So if you want to come hang out with me, hang out with me on Instagram or on my website, thelovedrive.com forward slash kickass. My name is Sean Galanos. This is The Love Drive. And we are sitting down with Sarah Rose, a sexual empowerment coach who lives in Austin, Texas. You're working on your own program yes, called Sex Stallion Training. Sex Stallion Training. <laughs> I love the name. I want to know what does it mean to be a sex stallion? And is that something that I need to be? <laughs> if it's what you desire. <laughs> I do love that, that, that you say if, if that's what you want, then go for it. If you want to masturbate to pornography, go for it. If you want to... Uh, only masturbate using a vibrator, go for it. But if you want to do things differently, then focus on that. Yeah. So I'm not sure if uh, I want to be a sex stallion. You're going to tell me what that entails and then I'll tell you if, okay. if that's what I want to focus on. Yeah, so sex stallion training is Tantra 101 for men. It's mastering your cock. It's being the the master in your bed. And it's... So many men, I mean, the 
I, I can't give it all away right here. Oh, a sneak but peek. But sneak. sneak peek <laughs> is, is really teaching men how to be in control so they don't have the runaway ejaculations anymore. I can't tell you how many times I've had sex and it's just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like you're going to come already? Like, no, <laughs> this is not okay. I'm not, I'm not done. I'm not ready. And it takes for a woman, there's, there comes a moment where she's finally been penetrated to the point where she surrenders to the man. And if a man comes before that, then he loses her trust. He loses her respect. And it really comes between them in the relationship. She's most likely not going to say it out loud because she doesn't want to hurt his ego. She doesn't want to hurt the relationship because she really does most of the time love him and desire to be in a relationship. But it will come between them even if it's unsaid. And when a man is really able to fuck her until she's surrendered, it's like, it's literally a sensation within a woman where it's like, like it just happens. And it's like all, all guard falls away. There's no more of the pretense. There's no more of the tension within the body. And it's just like, it's not even a moment of orgasm. It's a moment of surrender. And that's the point. If you, if a man gets her there, then he's going, she's going to trust him. It's going to strengthen the relationship. She's going to want to have sex with him all the fucking time. She's going to be like, give it to me. And so the sex stallion training trains men to be able to be in that place, to be able to take women to that space. Amazing. <laughs> It sounds like it teaches men to create, to to be able to make women feel safe, right? Because when you're talking about surrendering, you have to feel safe in order to surrender. Yes and no. You don't have to be safe in that sexual experience. And so it doesn't even have to be two people that are in a long-term relationship or anything like that, it can happen the first time you meet somebody and just being, it can be a hookup experience, but if a, but a woman can feel safe with a man, even in that type of environment, if, if he's able to really penetrate her and, and just take her to the space where she, she desires to be. I mean, why would she be there anyway? I mean, a lot of women, they do have sex because they want to feel validated. Um, you know, so many women show up in a, in a hookup type environment looking for that. Um, but if she shows up even just desiring to be validated, you know, in giving sex for that reason, if she's with a man and he blows her mind, she's going to be like, wow, okay. <laughs> That's a validating experience. That is a validating experience in a very different way than she probably showed up for. Yeah. Good. She's pleasantly surprised. Absolutely. I mean, I I think that the ability to make women feel safe, even in a hookup scenario, is absolutely a key to arousal because they can they can just relax. Yeah. It's hard to relax sometimes. Definitely. <laughs> Our biggest sex organ is our brain. Yes. I love I love that. Yeah. I I mean, I'm a big communicator and I always say that, you know, use use your your like 
huge sex organ, which is your ability to communicate and like learn how to ask for what you want, learn how to get feedback on the sexual things that you're doing, figure out how to be more emotionally available. I mean, it's just the list goes on and on of ways that you can grow and build your intimacy with your partner just by using, you know, speech and words. Yeah. I don't think we're used to opening up, speaking as a man, uh, like a heterosexual-ish mostly man, uh, we're not used to really being vulnerable with women and letting them know what's actually going on and still being a stallion at the same time. I think people think that those two things uh, are mutually exclusive. Yeah, but they're not. And you know that. <laughs> I know that. Uh, is there anything that we didn't talk about that we would be doing the Love Drive listeners a disservice by not touching on, other than, of course, how we can get a hold of you. Mm, the Path of Pleasure course that I have for women is a really important course. And I put my heart and soul into the creation of that course. It's very, uh, it's just, it's the work that so many of us need. And it's the part of sexuality that that really is painful that so many people have. It's like for many people, sex is painful. They can't orgasm. They can't feel pleasure in their bodies. They can't be intimate with people. They can't connect. And the path of pleasure really helps women move through that. So that way they can have orgasms. It's a seven week course that trains women how to heal trauma, heal any conditioning that they have that is limiting their pleasure, limiting belief systems that they might have that has taught them that they're not worthy of having pleasure in their bodies, that they're not worthy of orgasming. It helps them move through that and it trains them to be able to have full body orgasms at the same time. That all sounds like something we need. It really is. You know, it, we're in this time right now in society. Me Too is on something that people are talking about a lot. And there's there's a lot of pain connected to sexuality. And so I am somebody that have, I've moved through that. And so I get to be the silly sex goddess type person, you know, just out there like having fun with sexuality. But it's because I did all of this work first. You know, I didn't just show up like, oh, I'm having orgasms when I put my shoes on. <laughs> like, I did the work to get to that place and to really be able to have this full experience of the pleasure in it all. Do the work. Do the work. God yeah. damn it. That seems to be like a recurring theme with my guests. Yeah. Is to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. Put in the time, put in the effort and reap the benefits. If you want a sexier life, you want more orgasms, if you want to feel empowered, if you want to feel respected and powerful, do the work. Absolutely. Where can we find you? SarahRose.com. Sarah has two R's. S-A-R-R-A-H-R-O-S-E.com. And Sarah Rose Tantra on Instagram. Do you have a parting thought for the love drive? Parting thought. So make love, not war. <laughs> Solid. That's a good one. Say yes to life. Say yes to love. Say yes to pleasure.
Love Drive is produced by me, Sean Galanos, with the help from Guilford Street Studios. We are a small outfit, but we tremendously appreciate your support. These last six weeks have been awesome. There's been week over week growth of more people listening to the podcast. And I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for being here, for listening to this podcast and for engaging with me via email and on Instagram. I love to hear from you. So if you want to send me a message, please do sean at thelovedrive.com. That's S-H-A-U-N. Or find me on Instagram at thelovedrive. If you like what we do and you want to help, A review on iTunes means the world. It really, really does. So if you're an Apple user and you know how to leave reviews for podcasts, please do. If you want to help and you don't know how to leave a review, send me a message and I'll send you directions. Next week, an interview with Lila Donalo, the host of the podcast Horizontal with Lila, which is a podcast about intimacy that is recorded entirely while lying down. And we talk about play parties. We talk about living in a sex-positive, intentional community and so much more. I think you're really going to like it. And if they are cool and they make friends and they are not creepy about it, then they might get invited to these more private parties. 